travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the pop culture. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's Spearsy here. And Brad in LA. And you're not losing your mind. That's indeed any way you want it. But as performed by this week's special guest, the amazing New York-based tribute band, Jesse's Girl. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Hey, 80s Nation. Brad and I just want to give you a quick introduction to this band before we turn it over to the interview. So, Jesse's Girl, for those who go on the 80s cruise... You know. Yeah, they need no introduction. They are a New York City-based tribute act full of just these amazing musicians. Oh, yeah. And... For five years now, they've been bringing it heavy on the cruise, but they also do weekly or weekend shows, I should say, in New York City, and they're they're changing venues this month. You're going to want to follow them on the on their website, which I will give you at the end of the show. But uh, because right now with the whole coronavirus stuff, you know they're out of work like so many of the rest of us. Yeah. So here's who's in the band. You've got Jenna O'Gara. She's the female vocalist. Amazing. You have Chris Hall, another vocalist. Mark Renzel is also a in a police, a long time running police tribute band. They are backed by one of the tightest bands you'll ever hear perform live. Uh, Eric Presti on guitar, Sky on keyboards, uh, Drew Mertali on bass, uh, Michael Manza on drums. And over the years, as they've performed, they've done shows with dozens of our 80s heroes. Uh, Colin Hay, Tiffany, Debbie Gibson. And their New York shows are not to be missed. So when you get a chance to see them, definitely check them out. After the interview, we'll we'll have the full seggies, including uh, Please Please Tell Me Now, a fun one today. Here's our conversation with Jesse's Girl recorded live on board the 2020 voyage of the 80s cruise. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. This is our second live podcast of the 2020 Voyage of the 80s Cruise. Thanks for coming out. I'm Spearsy. This is my partner, Brad, in L.A. Probably seen us on the ship. You probably yelled at us for trivia being too hard. I apologize. One of the things that's been such a joy about doing this for 15 years is we get to go back to a time where, I mean, at least for Brad and I, life was so much more simple and innocent and fun and one of the, the thrills of the 80s cruise is that that feeling gets recreated for a week. And one of the first things we learned on the very first 80s cruise was that there's a, a group out there that is able to cre- recreate that experience every weekend. And they do it in New York, and they do it for us all week long on the cruise. And it's what makes the cruise so special, because they cr- recreate the fun, the innocence, the, you know, the escape from all the shit that's going on when we dock tomorrow. We, we've heard there's a lot of shit going on out there. <laughs> I'm not sure. We're still in the bubble. Don't talk too much. We're still in the bubble. Still but in the bubble. Right. Uh, clearly. When we say stuck in the 80s, we mean we're going to stay stuck in the 80s on this trip. Maybe the high 70s in the fall, but generally the 80s. But uh, for years now, we've been asking and hoping to get a chance to visit with these amazing musicians that that entertain us during the week so uh without further ado let's bring them up let's say hello to jenna chris mark sky eric and mike andrew ladies and gentlemen please welcome jesse's girl First question, okay, it's the last day of the cruise. How are you feeling? <laughs> you can't answer that. 
I'm doing great. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel good. I just uh, a little sunburned, but I love it. Mike, sorry to, that it's ending. It's been fun. It's, it's fun every year. We look forward to it. it's a great working vacation for us. And uh, how do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> Let go of me. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little, it's bittersweet because we're on a, a hiatus once we get back. Um, so, like, tonight is our last show for the foreseeable future, so we're trying to bring everything we can to it tonight. Yeah. We were, like, the last ones on the last ship, probably. and Ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll wow. say I got a fever if it keeps us going around in circles. <laughs> we'll keep playing. We got lots more songs for you. I got it. You, you mentioned that. this is you're going on a hiatus after this. I mean, obviously imposed by the yeah. that's going on that yeah. out of sight, the bubble. When you have a show like tonight where you know it's the last time you're going to perform in about 30 days, does that provide an extra amount of juice tonight? I mean, do you think that it's just going to be one of those nights where you're just going to be like letting it all like, you know, the, the, the 120 percent effort that you I mean, I, never summon? Ironically, if. A few weeks ago, we played our last show at Les Poissons Rouge, which has been our home for the past six years, because we're moving to a new Friday night location eventually, you know, when this is done. We were scheduled to start on the 20th of March, but it'll probably be, you know, pushed back a couple of months. But we had, we had been at one place for, like, kind of our home for a long time, and we were going to do our last show there, do the cruise, and come back and start up at the new place, Roomy Ballroom. Um, so we kind of went through that, and they, my, our experience was, you know, yeah, I mean, it was a very, it was a very, kind of a moving night. But yeah, we're going to go all out tonight. We're going to punch you in the face with some rock and roll. <laughs> we're going to shred our vocal cords, so if I start spitting up blood, we're actually going to finish We're actually going to Jenna, finish Jenna's going to twist her other ankle. <laughs> right, yeah. just, just so you know, after six years in this venue of no problems, the last 30 seconds of our last song ever played there is when it happened. So six and a half. Yeah, just, you know, this is <laughs> so sad. But now what is, what is the good part? Yeah, this part is radio, is. so let's explain that Jenna fell so down at the, at the end of the show and twisted her ankle. Yeah, but the, what right. I was talking to Jenna before was now when we go back to Rumi Ballroom for a 9 o'clock show, she's going to have a month to recover. So now the heels will come back right. that she's known for. But if you're ever... <laughs> right. If you're ever in front of Jenna and Jenna says... I'm kind of liking these sneaker wedges. <laughs> I might stick with them. But if you're working with Jenna and, Jen and you hear Jenna say, like, Hey, guys, watch this. <laughs> say, no. <laughs> I get very <laughs> excited. <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, raise your hand if you've seen Jesse's Girl perform in New York. Wow. Hey, thank you. Nice. Thank you. I got a chance to do it a few months ago. That was a memorable night. Thanks, I was man. right up front. It's weird being that close and, and to people I've seen perform so many times here on the ship. That was an amazing show. Thank you. <laughs> so musicians, generally they start playing or singing somewhere. How did you guys get started in music? Mine was very different. My father was Depression era and I had to play guitar. He was told me that I didn't play I didn't have the opportunities. And then when I turned 13, I said, I want to do this my whole life. He said, you don't have to. And... <laughs> no, no. Until really? I was about 30, that, that, that argument still I've went on. I've been listening to you play for the past five years. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I started off because I saw Cheap Trick perform live. Yeah. And I sat, my best friend and I sat in the audience. The next day, I said, let's, let's put a band together. And we went to the music store, and I purchased a guitar. He purchased a bass. Drew, how did you start? I, uh, I knew these guys in the next town, which is where I lived. And uh, they all play guitar. There was one drummer, and there was this guy who was a singer, and uh, they needed a bass player. I, I used to play trumpet when I was a kid. So I'm like, I'll do it, you know? <laughs> Not, <laughs> so I fucking went down to the store and got a bass, man, and then uh, we ended up just like, we jammed every day in high school. I, we used to jam every day. I was 15 and smoke a ton of weed. <laughs> And but you know what, man? It taught me a lot because even when I'll be jamming now, and I was thinking about this the other day, I'll, I'll think back. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Not so much anymore. But I'll think back at the things I learned jamming every day with those guys, and I'll use them today, which is like you know, what is it like? Fifteen years later, right? <laughs> 
something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> was it like, How about you, Chris? Oh, jeez. <laughs> How did I get started in music? I sang in uh, the Santa Barbara Boys Choir was my first. Yeah, and uh, did that for six years until the priests were caught molesting half of the people. <laughs> so I'll have my friends. Hard-hitting news here on Stuck in the Air. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I did, and I was doing like some musical theater in the in the meantime. But I was always like a rocker at heart. Like my first cassette was like Final Countdown, uh, Europe. You know, so it was like. And I was like a big Metallica fan and like Iron Maiden and stuff like that. But I've always had theater and music. And then I was in choirs in high school. And then uh, I just fell into bands. And I just, uh, it's all about the music, man. The music. And that other funny stuff. <laughs> Next. Jenna, you have a microphone. I do, don't I? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was always singing around the house and then every time we had like a family gathering my italian or the jewish side either or very intense families would make jenna sing jenna sing so i constantly went up on top of the stairs that we had in my house it all started with me singing every grease song in the book i got chills oh yes and i had a one piece similar to the pants i wear but it was the whole thing with the leather jacket and my mom would curl my hair. I would put lipstick on and I made it a thing. I always dressed up. I was always in tutus and still am in tutus. <laughs> and then in elementary school, I was in choir and middle school, high school. And I did all the musical theater shows. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do musical theater. And then I went to Cap 21 at NYU for a summer I realized that I like singing like rock and roll and pop way more than theater. This band is a perfect combo of both of the th those things. And I was in so many wedding bands before I joined this band. And I learned a lot from them because you obviously have to have a big roster of songs that you know in a wedding band. And I went to Berkeley College of Music, so that definitely helped. <laughs> and then I got lucky enough to play with these guys and they've made me so much better because I've learned so much from these two guys here in the front and like they're just incredible so I feel like I've grown so much as a musician just being in this band I don't really ever remember not doing it my parents weren't musicians but they loved music so music was always on a lot of like 60s records and I distinctly remember like long long car trips where we would lay down and my brother and I would lay down in the back of the station wagon and like we had band on the run, Judy Collins and some other tape just on, you know, on all the time. I had a lot of music education back then. We just had music classes, you know. They had an older brother who was like, you know, one of those older brothers was always like kind of introducing you to things. So my brother and I had this band called Establishment X. Our first song was called Playground Problems, which was like a song. <laughs> How, how old were you when you started? I was band? 10. Okay, okay. I was 10, and my brother was 14, and it was just me and a little Casio keyboard and my brother and his PTS drum set. <laughs> and the song was, like, I think you could, there's an MP3 of it. I'm trying to find it in one of my drives. We didn't perform, but like we were kind of like, we were doing what Billie Eilish was doing, like, you know, in 1986. You know, I just remember watching Purple Rain, the movie, when I was 10, which is probably not appropriate. Inappropriate. <laughs> My mom made me leave the room during the sex scene. I could make out what was happening because from the stairs, we had this one of those, you know, walls of family pictures. So, like, through the reflection of our family picture, Ooh. I could see Prince, like, filleting the woman. I remember That's, that. That was like, it made it even worse. You know? That was, was very like, carefully said. Yeah, I, yeah. Radio appreciates that. <laughs> But I do remember specifically the scene uh, when he sings The Beautiful Ones. And I remember just being like, that, I want to do that. Before it became just like a thing that was part of, you know, I did music, I did sports, I, did, I was a pretty well-rounded kid. And then I just, you know, around the age of 12, 13, you either really keep playing sports when kids get bigger and stronger and it gets more serious and competitive, or you go towards theater and music, and that's, that's just what I did. I'm, there's never been a time when I've not been doing it. When I, got, when I found Jesse's Girl or when they found me or when this all came together, I was kind of at a point in my life where I was just like, well, you know, I, I've done what I can do. It's time to get serious. I'll do things I like to do. 
but I'm not looking to like make a career out of it anymore. <laughs> and it was like right at that moment when I started to really make money and be successful. <laughs> so that's just a lesson for anybody, any kid, I would say, um, that, that, that has music in their heart and wants to do it. I started early on with uh, 70s stuff, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I would hear, be like, that's piano? That's organ? And I'd try to figure out and develop my ear by uh, listening to that. Yes. And then I formed a high school band, and it was called Dead End because all of us were going to college, and none of us would ever play those songs again. <laughs> I had no idea. If you told me back then, you'd be playing Jump for a Living. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I was still playing some of the songs that I played in Dead End, and uh, I, in between then, I did a lot of theater. I write. I produce. Um, I got involved with computers early on in the game, and I always had a head. I always had an advantage because I was a computer geek. And back in the late '80s, um, maybe '89, Notator came out for the Atari, and I mastered that. And I was the first guy printing scores and doing all this stuff. Ironically, I never considered computers and computer music a main dish, and I missed a complete wave of EDM. I missed. With 20 years of computers and music, but have been very involved in like, like this, like organic playing in bands and stuff. So that's kind of my, my run with this. I've, now I'm like starting all over. <laughs> you have a set list that covers just every genre there is. And I'm curious how you approach the process of coming up with a set list or introducing new music. <laughs> we and obviously fight, I've we hit fight like a, hell. <laughs> Obviously, I've hit upon an interesting point here. I, I have one thing to say about it. Is, uh, we all love a lot of different genres, and, and the 80s had everything, from metal to folk. to There's always something. But I would say that you guys are the deciding factor. Um, we will try a song that I love or Jenna loves or Chris brings up, and it sometimes doesn't work. What I love about the 80s cruise is that you guys know all the deep cuts. We could do anything here, and you get it. But we do a lot of theater shows where they're out to just have a good time that night. And, you know, and they, they want to be entertained, and they want to have fun, they want to know the songs. We tried four Duran Duran songs, I think, and we love Duran Duran. I love Duran Duran. I'm a big Fix fan. I love the Fix. Yeah. And... You don't get the big response. And sometimes we'll do a song, we'll just learn it, and people scream. And we're like, oh, my God. You know, and that's it. That's what I have to say about it. But, but we also, we really, if there's one thing that we fight about, it's set lists. It really is. Anybody else want to ch- join in? I don't think I should. <laughs> yeah, I, think I'll get, I think I'll get in trouble. Take the mic from Chris, I like please. my job. Well, I mean, Steve, you, I mean, the bottom line, like the 80s was filled with, with great music, and we're an 80s tribute act. It's our job to entertain people. We're educating the younger fans on the, the 80s. You, we can't just play our favorite styles. We have to play. The stroke will work. <laughs> Stop trying to make the stroke happen. <laughs> oh, that would be a challenge. Yeah, old time rock. Old time rock and roll. roll, Regardless, so this is our job, and we want to keep people coming back. We want to keep the the set list fresh. There's a million '80s tribute acts. Every city we travel to has two or three '80s tributes, and we want to make people happy. Like we want to try different costumes, different dance moves, a different video show. I mean, if we don't keep evolving, we're dead. Are there bands that are just no no fly zones for covers? Are there bands that you just are like we can't? No, no. no I think what what the simple thing about it is what's the audience response? Even within that space, we will argue about whether or not the audience seemed to like something. I and I think there's sometimes yeah. a lot of motivated reasoning <laughs> on Once the part of everybody here. Like, no, they loved it. No, they didn't. It's like, well, they, we could see them. Yeah. <laughs> Once, <laughs> Once very quiet. There is some. Or, or, <laughs> You can see, like yeah. Yep, Drew is kind of our our, our I, thermometer. I kind of, nah, not. I st- I kind of stay out of the whole thing because, like, I just like to uh, just tell me what to play and I'll play it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But once in a while, instead, without instead, you can see the clunkers. But then once I remember, Jen's like, we should do like a prayer, and then we're like, okay, and it just worked right away, like instantly. It was like this stays. So we we do that one a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know the ones that keep. There, there's ones that we will we'll try every once in a while, and there's ones that we can only do in certain places like here. You know, with 
one of the things about moving the show to the nine o'clock time slot is we feel it'll allow us to um, sort of expand um, the palette <laughs> a little bit because um, you know we've been playing for a lot of you know people a lot of cruisers will come to that midnight show but mostly it's a lot of 20 somethings that are out and like we're pretty limited in terms of we'll play something that was like a monster hit and they still don't you know they don't know it they're living on the they they know the recycled 80s which has been amazing for this band because the the 20 somethings and even some of the 30 somethings know it from rock band school of rock uh the the, the musical glee rock of ages so they're hearing the songs that we're playing and they they heard them elsewhere commercials like at the drugstore yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the, in the elevator. That, that's great too, though. But we got to cater to that. <laughs> I mean, that's ca- the, that's. I'll say that's the strange thing. When I hear the recordings of the songs that we play, they sound strange to me now, like because we're so aggressive about them. <laughs> so our approach to them, um, just I think, just because of the way we are, not overbearing, but I just I'll hear like dance with somebody, and I'm like, mm, it's pretty good, but. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have the warrior on drums. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't have Jenna. They don't have that. Yeah. Is there a song that you feel like every set list has to have, and yet you would be okay if you never had to play it again? Don't stop believing. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Every set has that, without fail, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, about 60% of the set is pretty much uniform. We always sort of open and close, and there's, we, you know, we... Always start with working for the weekend for the for the most part. We always end with uh, video killed. Uh, Don't you forget about me. Don't stop believing. We always hit. I call this sort of the the earnest section, which is the <laughs> like a prayer into under pressure. Like there's certain things we we always hit, but there's about forty percent of it that are kind of sort of cycle cycle through. Yeah. There's things that are like place. You know that, that are like well, this is like the solo pop section for Jenna, Mark, and Chris or. Um, these are the duets that we kind of cycle in and out. We're always trying to find substitutes for those places for them to be. So if the set list is 60% the same most of the time, how often do you have to rehearse? Never. Really? Yeah, I, I think you rehearse for this cruise. I don't think it's 60%. I make the set list every week. <laughs> I, the, the first version, I should say. It's not, it's not 60%. It, it's, I think we're more like around 40% of the songs that we play every week the same. And then we have certain ones which can flip-flop. Like there'll be a song that Mark sings, and there's an alternate for it. And I'll, I'll, there's certain things that we play, feel like we play every week, but it really is not the same. Every, I mean, the set list probably about forty, thirty percent of the set list is exactly the same, and then maybe another twenty percent is flip flops, and then we try new ones that we don't do in a while. So it's not that not that similar every week. I try. <laughs> Apart from you guys, I think the only other people that have been on all the cruises are a couple of trivia goofballs. And the MTV VJs. And the MTV VJs. Eh, those guys. Uh, <laughs> how did you all hear about the cruise? Mike, wasn't it you? Yeah. He said to tour manager. I uh, was on a website looking for wacky 80s t-shirts, and the uh, the ad popped up, you know, get on the 80s cruise. And I uh, I sent it to our agent. I said, we should be on this. And he started working on it, and he got us on it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. It's from Mike. Mike. Mr. Michael, make it happen. Five years ago, yeah. Yeah. Over the course of the five years, I'm just curious, what are some of the more memorable stories, or either on or off stage, just some of the weirder moments that have happened? Yes, Drew Drew has to start. I think Drew is your man here. So uh, it was the first year, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the one rule was... Don't get too fucked up, man, because we want to come back, right? And I'm like, okay. I was, I was doing great until day six. We played at the pool. We got done at one in the afternoon, and I was planted in the bar chair till about five. And then somehow I kept going till three in the morning, and when I ended up on the dance floor and I couldn't figure out how to stand... <laughs> And luckily, Mike was there. They hustled me to... There's, there's back halls in these, on these ships, which they got me through, brought me to my room where I, the next day I was like, uh, are we fired? <laughs> <laughs> we just signed the papers yesterday. I'm like, yes! <laughs> uh, and here we are. <laughs> there's been a lot of adventures uh, on this boat. The one thing that was very memorable in the most panic, I'm going to freak out way was we flew down and Sky goes, 
I don't feel really good. <laughs> I and think then, I and should then go Drew, to... And Drew was like, dude, your guts are f***ing falling out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his guts. They're f***ed up. He told him he was going to die. I swear to God, I was sitting next to him on the airplane, and I'm watching. It's like aliens trying to come out of his f***ing chest. I'm like, you, so, something wrong with you. So we got on the boat, an 80s band, which when I think of the 80s, I think of synthesizers and keyboards as much as I think guitars. And he's the musical director. He does a lot of the major lifting when it comes to organizing. The one thing about it that I realized that we had a family. I've been in other bands before where we fight and there's minor disagreements, but we pulled together and had to write new sets, play with tracks. We were rehearsing in rooms for hours trying to get arrangements down um, and because the tracks were different how we play them. It was a real bonding experience for us. So as much as it was a negative, it was a positive. I just had Jenna just writing set lists and crossing things out. There was piles of paperwork. But also, man, like Brian uh, at the uh, the Brian Wilk, Brian in uh, here, the piano duo guy stepped yeah. up Where and like it? helped us out. He's a great guy, and uh, we thank him for that. Yeah, my gallbladder really didn't go septic. In, it wasn't really, you know, I didn't really have like a gallbladder. They've removed it, but it was more so these guys could figure out what the fuck I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> I made my point dramatically. <laughs> yeah. Over the years, obviously, you've had a chance to play with some of the big names. I just kind of curious, favorite musician encounter over the years? Colin Hay. Yeah. Really? Colin Hay is my favorite. He's f- awesome. I, Colin what Hay a was guy. awesome. Drew went up to him, adorable, hammered <laughs> with Jenna. Jenna's like, I'm sorry for you know for Drew like falling on you. Drew was like, Can you be my dad? I said oh, that. That was, you. that was my line. That was Chris. That was my line. Thank you. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Don't worry yeah. about it. So um, the one for me personally was uh, Taylor Dane. We were rehearsing with Taylor Dane. She was doing a guest spot with us. And the microphone wasn't ready. And, you know, like they're changing batteries in the wireless mic. And we have to run the song with her. And she goes, don't, oh, don't worry. Just start. And we start playing on stage. And I hear her singing. And we stop. And I go, that comes out of your face. And all she said was, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, sweetheart. Don't worry about it. I think we played with numerous 80s pop stars and rock stars. I guess for me it was Lou Graham. He's from my, he's from my hometown, so he's, I got to play with my hometown hero. So. Excellent. That's cool. Well, we had the uh, Madison Square Garden show, and we had uh, DMC was doing Walk This Way, and I don't know, at some point it was like D. Snyder is also there, so he became the... Uh, the Steven uh, Tyler, and it was the two of them on stage was star power was beyond the two of them rocking out. For me, I love playing with Debbie Gibson. I was working with her. She seems like she was very simple. Her stuff is very complex. She's a real serious musician. And we, Drew's favorite song, by the way, is when we play Electric Youth with her. <laughs> Electric Youth was so insane on bass because it was so programmed. Hard. And he actually pulled it off as a person. Yeah. So. And we, also, we have a long-standing friendship with Tiffany, who we're missing this year, but she's been playing with us for, for years. Talk about a voice. I mean, I, I can't, you know. So we have a thing on the podcast that we call the Podcast Time Machine, and we would like to offer each of you a seat on the Podcast Time Machine individually to travel back in time, never forward, always back, to either relive a, a perfect day or fix something that you feel like you know, you mold over the years or whatever it may be. Tell us what you'd use that seat on the podcast time machine for. Oh, this is going to sound really weird. It had nothing to do with music, but I'd go back and actually listen to my father (laughs) and be, no, I would still become a musician. I would still fight with him, but he was always like, you should buy real estate in New York city. And, and I said, no. And now I'm an idiot. (laughs) So, Uh, but that's about it. You know what? I think our mistakes make us. So, I mean, I would just have more money and still be an idiot. So, <laughs> Mike? Wow, go backwards and... Fix something. You, fix you, some no, no, you don't have to fix something. You can relive something, too. Is there oh, a, a wow. perfect day, a, a moment, that time when you met the guys from Stuck in the 80s? I, you know, <laughs> just a suggestion. Which, which, which was a good day. You know, like the, uh, the first cruise hanging up in the crow's nest... Hang it! I would relive that day, the day that Bismarcky cleared the room, because he was like, "This is enough. Go home, people." <laughs> and he started playing like the most horrible music in the world. Like he was DJ Clear the Room that day. 
Bismarcky was just the party was raging. It was three o'clock in the morning. Certain people were dancing badly on the dance floor, and you could just see, sense the hatred in his eyes. That he just wanted to go home. He started playing Neil Diamond and Frank Sinatra, and yeah, he it, inside of like five minutes he had cleared the room, and it was a it was a moment. I was like, wow, he wants to go home. <laughs> It was a funny moment to be there. I would awesome. I'd relive that again. That's awesome. I'm going to talk about the day, the day where we, Sky, me, me and Mike, Sky and Eric had this '80s band, right? And me and Mike was subbed in it. And then there was trouble because you know the oaks were blocking the elm trees or something like that, right? So. So I got so I get a phone call. Actually, I got a phone call from Eric twice. So we're going back twice. I'm in Nashville on tour. He's like, "Hey man, you know, we need a bass player who can sing." So then I I got in that, and then it's, then he calls me up. He's like, "Hey man, uh, you know we're gonna get some singers, and uh, do you want the gig?" And I'm like, Fuck, "Yes, I want this gig." <laughs> I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, thank you." And then here we are today, almost eight years later. Next. <laughs> oh no. I would go back and, you know, I guess tell myself to have uh, more confidence in myself and, like, just say yes more to projects and not, like, downplay myself. So, oh no, I'm not, I'm not good enough to, like, be in your thing or, like, but if I wasn't as f as a kid as I was, then I wouldn't be here today. Maybe I wouldn't be with playing with some of my favorite people. So. And we are have truly become, you know, a family, and uh, and uh, I wouldn't change it. So I don't know about going back and changing things. It's time. <laughs> no, I, I get. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so as far as like confidence and and uh, saying yes more, just say yes. See what happens. Here we go. Wait, wait! I got another one too. I always want yo. I always wanted to play football, but everyone's played soccer, and then I, there was this kid, and I'm like. <laughs> And you know what? The, the coach is right over there. Well, he's like, I want to play football, man. And he's like, the coach is right over there. Go talk to him. I'm like, can you can you just bring me over? I don't know which one it is. I'm not going to go over there. I'm like, hey, man, I want to play football. He's like, but I should have. Because he never brought me over there, and I never played football. Thank you. Going off of what Chris was saying with saying yes, I'm happy that I said yes to joining this band. I was taking voice lessons in New York with Tony Harnell uh, from TNT. He and Sky knew each other, and they were looking for singers, and they were holding a whole audition. I was in wedding bands, and I was making really good money in them, and it was consistent. It was every week, and I just wasn't sure about... I was born in 89, and I was like, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I'll... I guess it'd be really fun, and obviously, I, I love 80s music. Like, I always loved Pat Benatar and Heart and singing all that stuff. It's like, speaks to me. I love it so much. And I was singing Alone by Heart in uh, my voice lesson a week later. After my first lesson, Sky had asked him, do you know anybody that might be good because we're looking for singers? And he's like, yeah, actually. Or he said, I know. I don't have anybody. The first time I called him, I said, you know, yeah, you have a singer? He goes, no, man, I don't think I got anybody for you. And then two weeks later, he's like, yeah, I got this new girl. She might be right for you. Yeah. So somebody in the wedding band I was in recommended me to go to Tony. Thankfully, I said yes to that. And then I said yes to going. And here I am. So We, we, we fought that. very hard. Um, <laughs> Drew, Mike, and I was there at the audition and we went through 30 girls and Jenna walked in and he had another girl that he was championing and, and then Jenna walked in and he's like uh, nope she's out <laughs> I, I just saw it, it took Drew's audition for us lasted 20 seconds you, you just know I don't know and then Jenna walked in and you know the best thing about Jenna I would say is that we had all these girls that walked in being rock stars and attitude and which we want you know we, we we make believe we're rock stars every day but jenna had this this charm of being a very sweet girl and she turned it on and then she delivered and then she turned it off and she was back to the lovely woman she is and i was like that's the person i can be in a band with for 20 years as opposed to you know and i one thing i have to say about her is her parents 
did the best job. There's a there's a generation difference, and she hangs out with us. You guys are know. like my family. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Okay, Mark. Um, I, can I just say I'm glad we get the version of Drew that didn't suffer a bunch of concussions. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, and Chris kind of took mine. So yeah, I mean, my, you know, you're talking sort of about the serendipity of arriving here, and like, so a lot of people know, but not everyone. That I have another job and did I work as a social worker at a hospital in New York where I've been almost the exact amount of time that I've been in this band and the story was I had just finished grad school to get my MSW and I was like in the summer of no no work at all and I had a baby at home I was sending resumes out but I was also playing some the only thing I was doing was playing shows with my police band and it was around that time that Marcus and Sky came to see one of our shows and Marcus called Marcus is our manager called up and says listen you know it's we've got this 80s thing and eric had been trying to get me involved for like a year as a sub to work with the previous singers which i was not interested in i know i actually didn't want to do the work involved in being a sub we have subs that hop in for us and god bless them because it's a whole lot of work that's it's like jumping on a running train just for one night of work you know and but this was something like you know i needed a job and i said yes to it because I didn't have anything else going on and I was like I'll try for a year and then a week later I got the job offer from the hospital and then and if it had happened in reverse order I probably would have said no I would have been I don't need it you know I don't have time for it um I kind of you know I have to work to really like say yes to things sometimes um and I'm really glad that the things were placed in front of me the way and the order in which they were because I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be here and I, I got the year after year I'm like well we'll do another year we'll do another year I mean um but yeah somehow I've been able to 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 make to make it work um with with both with both careers and understanding with with understanding here and with understanding with under there and I actually need I need both things um, and so I'm really, you know, grateful for it. I get a lot, you know, the idea that, like I said today, this may be our last show for, even if it's a 30 day thing, it's a financial hit, but it's also like a, a psycho spiritual hit. If I don't get to sing, you know, regularly for two hours, I mean, there's a lot of, um, just stuff that needs to come out of me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, it's a, there's a form of kind of a release and therapy that, you know, I think people will be deprived of. Um, I'm worried about actually what New York City is going to be like for people that aren't allowed to, like, congregate and dance and sing and do things like that. It's kind of scary to think about, but, you know, we have, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it somehow. You know. yeah. Sky. So, time scene question is always a double-edged sword because so many things, people think about the things that went wrong. But there's so many things that went right, and I look at where I'm at today and where we're at, and I think that if I went back in time and made you know, the butterfly effect, it could make something else could happen. I'm happy. I think that my, my life is full of comfort and it's full of joy, and I wouldn't change things. I would go back and I would I would do it again for fun. But this is I'm excited about the future, and um, I think where we need to be, we don't need a time machine. Every week when we get together, like I have a rough week. You know, we have families, we have. You know, parents, kids, life, relatives, everything happens. And to me, when I know there's a gig on Saturday night, I know I'm going to make something special with these six other people that I can't do on myself. And I really look forward to it. People are like, oh, you got to go to work. And I'm like, not really. I go to church. I go to therapy. <laughs> I get guys calling me out of my bullshit all the time with... You know, when you're a musician, is you know, I hate to say it, you guys are great for my ego, but these guys, you know, they're like, you screwed that up. This is not right, and and or whatever it is, but it's it's also like these are people that are real to you. So like when I have a rough week, Saturday nights when it's the only gig, I mean, I look if we have a, a week off, it's Christmas. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? We didn't play this week. So Mark Mark really nails it. There's something special when the seven of us, like we'll have a sub sometimes, and when it's not the seven of us, it's not as special. And I don't know why, why that is. You still have to pay as much, though, for those shows. <laughs> there's, no, but, there's no discount. Is there a Jesse's Girl just, cover band? 
uh, uh, believe it or we, we believe have, it or not, we have, we have tried sometimes because it would, from from a business perspective, it would make sense if we could franchise this. So there's times where we've tried to, we've booked a private, which we got to do, like a really high paying private on the night that we also have a show, and like we have like what's called give it to Drew after you, Jesse's yeah. girl, two. <laughs> Tell him, Drew. Tell him. But, uh, some of our friends who are on this boat with us, we're on the way, and they're, they're, they're texting me, what fresh hell have you sent us to? <laughs> and I'm like, we better get there. <laughs> and, and, and again, full of people just as talented as us, you know, just as, res- just as professional as us, but again, it's the, greater than the sum of its parts. And like we've all put in the 10,000 hours together. And there's something that, yeah, you can't really, you can't, it's like the Raiders of the Lost Art. You can't really just switch the thing out with another thing and hope no one notices. We are a tribute band, but I think we're a lot more of that than a lot of, a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of love and heart in the show. Um, and we do it, we kind of do it our own way. And if one thing is, is, is off, like you can, you, you can feel it. You still have to pay just as much for those shows. <laughs> Thank, thank you for being part of our lives. Everyone, please thank you to Jesse's Girl. There you have it. That's our interview with Jesse's Girl, recorded pretty much exactly as it happened. Yeah, so we had a great time recording that. It was late in the cruise, so we were all kind of starting to dread exiting the, the bubble that we'd been in so safely as ensconced. And uh, so... I, Really, we didn't we didn't have to take out too much of that. There are some some bits and pieces here that didn't make much sense, but that's pretty much how it rolled out. Yeah, it was a fun chat. I think it was the last day of the cruise, and so there was this overwhelming dread. <laughs> we really weren't ready for it. Yeah, we really weren't. We were less than twenty four hours from docking and having to face the world, <laughs> which we weren't quite ready for then. So if you if you yeah. if you sense a certain level of malaise. <laughs> Not only is your vacation about to end, but you're about to walk back into this reality that you may or may not really be prepared to deal with. Speaking of cover bands, we've got all your bets covered with our new sponsor this week, Bet Online. There's no NBA. There's no hockey, no baseball. There's axe throwing on ESPN. There's not even soccer. There's not even soccer. There's no soccer? What does Brad do on weekends? Oh, it's It's bad. So you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Well, it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong, bet online. But that's okay. We're not getting into that right now. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Don't get me started Hit on me. blackjack. <laughs> it's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Hey, Brad, what's the over-under on number of hurricanes that are going to slam into Florida this year? I think it's 14. I think you're actually pretty close to being right. Visit the website at betonline.ag or use your mobile advice and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50. BetOnline, they are your online wagering experts. Brad, how are you feeling these days? Are you you're you're holed up at home, right, along with the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we're all all kind of hunkered down here. Um, we've uh, you know, but the whole family's home. The kids are home from school, and they're they both are taking their classes remotely. And you know, we're we're figuring it out. We're we just finished week three. Yeah, of and the kids as of today, everyone's been home for at least two weeks. So wow. You know, it, it's been kind of interesting just trying to figure out how to work because Katie's on conference calls, I'm on conference calls, the kids are in Zoom classes, and so we kind of have this ballet every day of like who's going to sit where, and you know, hey, is it okay <laughs> if I take a call here? It, the weather got a little nicer this week, so you could sit out in the back and be on the phone, which was actually really quite pleasant. But yeah, we're doing okay. I mean, you know, no one's, you know, no one's gone completely cabin fever crazy yet. How about you? It's the similar here. It's me, the fiance, and Benji, the B man, um, our our Shih Tzu. He is not dealing with the Florida spring allergy season as well as we might like. Mm, He's a New York yeah. dog, and so Woof. I, I just literally got back from the vet 
where they gave him some prescriptions to kind of doggy Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what they gave him. But what was kind of what was kind of um, bizarre is you with this whole quarantine in place, we we pull up to the vet's office in our car, and then you have to call them, and then a vet technician comes out and stands within six feet of your car, and you sort of have a conversation, and then you pass the the leash over, and then Benji goes into the building. And then when the doctor huh. is seeing the – so you're not in there with the, right. with, your, with your your pet. And then the doctor calls you after examining. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I just – you know, he's, he's fine. He doesn't have any ticks or fleas, blah, blah, blah. So that was how the morning started. And so I was kind of wondering if this podcast was even going to happen, so – well, I'm glad we were able to hop on the old computer and have a little chat. One other thing I think we're going to try during this coronavirus quarantine is online trivia hosting. I think Brad and I are going to try it tonight. Yeah, we're not getting enough abuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if if it goes well, we're going to try to host regular online trivia sessions, at least until things normalize around here and we can go back outside and go to real restaurants and bars again. Mm, please bring me another basket of chips. So look for our announcements and links on our Facebook page and Twitter. We will uh, try to make it a regular thing. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm scared shitless about tonight because we're using a bunch of things we've never used before. And uh, I just hope it, it, it's not a complete disaster. It's going to be a party. <laughs> You know, else is always a party. The, the Seggies. Oh, you're welcome. I gave you a great transition. I feel good about that. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. I don't know why I keep doing that, but I do. And I'm going to keep doing it until someone tells me to stop. This is the segment where we play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the, say it after me. Postal-friendly bottle opener. Postal-friendly bottle opener. Anyway. Here was the clip from the last time we did this little seggy. You, 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 you push it, stretch it, it'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it, it'll never cover any of us. From the moment we enter crime to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry and scream. That's Dead Poets Society. I was a little disappointed that more people didn't get this one. Maybe listening habits are off. Yeah, it's possible. I can't remember what show this would have been on. This would have been from the Berlin interview. Brad, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Jeff and Charity in Richlands, Virginia, Kyle K in Arkansas, Christine in Philly, Christine in Philly. Really, <laughs> really, really? I, I need to talk okay. to. The, I need to I, talk to the staff at <laughs> Stuck in the Eighties. Answer pulling. Also, Christine in Philly, Gary and Norman, Greg in Bedford, Nova Scotia, Canada, Debbie H from MV, Eric in North Seattle, and Alejandro Sticks Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Ah, the mystical refrain that is name that 80s tune. Signature event here at the podcast as always. Well, that's actually only the signature event every other week, but can that still be a signature event? Absolutely. Just because the moon is full only once a month doesn't mean it's not a full moon when it happens. I mean, I don't get the Blooming Onion every time I go to Outback Steakhouse. That's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I just I just really could use a Blooming Onion right now. But uh, anyway, I'm not leaving the house. Uh, we'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. Again, glory awaits you in the form of a small postal-friendly bottle opener. Oh, by the way, you know what we should do? If If you're one of the people who have received a postal-friendly bottle opener, why not post a photo on social, tag us, with you know, as you open your favorite beverage with for said postal-friendly bottle opener? Wouldn't Ooh, that be nice? That sounds lovely. I would be most curious to see such a device in action. Archimedes insists that uh, we see the basic laws of physics at work. Uh, anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we had this little uh, contest. <laughs> That's 68 Guns by The Alarm. Guns, 
this was the first alarm song I ever heard. Yeah, probably. Uh, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Roxy Forrest, Papa Smurf in Harrison, Ohio, Jeff and Charity in Richlands, Virginia, Cliff from north of Detroit, Kevin serving Winch, Dave Parrott, Mike Wally Walters, Eric in North Seattle, uh, Eric in North Seattle, and Bob in Silicon Valley. I've got a question here. So north of Detroit, isn't that just Canada? Could he have said Canada? Or do you think he still means Michigan somewhere? Uh, uh, you know, that's the mystery. And Eric in North Seattle, that's all, that too would also could be considered Canada. Uh, Vancouver is a little further. I mean, Seattle's a little further from the border than Detroit. But yeah, it could. I do know where Harrison, Ohio is. It's near Cincinnati because uh, I emailed huh. Papa Smurf back to find out the details. Because I used to live in Ohio, but the, I literally I know Cleveland – Columbus, Cincinnati. That's all I know. Top, middle, bottom. Yeah. So. I think the only time I've been to Ohio was I went to Columbus for one of my son's uh, volleyball tournaments. I remember that. Yeah. I remember everything about your adventures in the Midwest. <laughs> my adventures in volleyball, <laughs> which were numerous. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Anyway, spin the wheel. Let's find out who wins a uh, postal-friendly bottle. Oh, I've been waiting all week for this. <laughs> Save some of that for Columbus. Mm, feeling it, baby. <laughs> it looks like it's going to land on ah WH from MV. I don't know where. Where's MV? Is I don't know. Thing? Is it Mission Viejo? Oh, that's that's probably what it is. If she's that's, from California, think, she guess. is from California. I I, I remember. So right. there you go. The things you remember uh, when you have nothing else to do besides sit home and memorize things like this. I don't know. Please, someone save me from this ridiculous <laughs> podcast. It was going to be so easy. We were going to sit down for 15 minutes, and we were going to talk, and then it was going to be done, and then we could go back to like... Eating pancakes know, or whatever. <laughs> cleaning out the storage closets and stuff like that, which Ooh, is that what awaits fun. me. No, it's going to be glorious amounts of fun. Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it. Email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. You've been waiting years to do that. Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. Oh, here's a curveball. Speaking of baseball analogies that we rarely get to use. Uh, it's time for Please, Please Tell Me Now, where somebody writes in with a very interesting question and we will answer it. And no matter how... On or off topic, it is. I think I just yawned during when I was saying that, and that's not good. But Steve bores himself. <laughs> at this point, I don't think anyone cares. Uh, you want to read this one, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. This week's PPTMN is brought to you by friend of the show Tor Hansen. Tor writes. Hello, Brad. Hello, Steve. Sounds like this year's edition of the 80s Cruise was yet another singular experience filled with high seas, high jinks, and high balls. Glad you both slipped back into port pre-quarantine, hopefully with no extra baggage, outside of what comes with a few 2 a.m. trips to the fried food bar in the cafeteria. Mmm, fried food. After listening to your potty interview with Berlin, it made me curious about how each of you all might solve the following history-hopping head-scratcher. If you were given the opportunity to book a seat on the 80s Express and had the choice of following two time-specific round-trip packages, which would you take? Package A, both years of the 82 and 83 US Festival, all days included, and VIP priority seating or standing at any spot of your choosing. Additionally, you'd have access to both the craft services tent and the green room, plus an all-access backstage pass, and helicopter transportation to and from the event site back to the Beverly Hills Hotel, where you spend your off hours. <laughs> Man, this is great. I've, <laughs> He's really thought this out. He really has this all penciled out. Package B. Now, you thought package A was good. Here comes package B. Package B, Live Aid from start to finish at both Philly and London venues. And never mind about overlapping timelines. Thanks to the PPTMN TARDIS, you make it to both venues for every minute of every set and enjoy all the same access privileges available to you in package A. As a bonus, you also get the option to travel to Japan, Moscow, Cologne, Austria, The Hague, and Melbourne to watch those simulcast sets live. Look forward to hearing what you'd choose and wishing you and yours good health. Tour in California, isolated and dreaming of giant germ pool festivals for our, from our halcyon heydays. And wow. then he lists the lineups, which I, I won't read. We're not going to read that. But, yeah, uh, just look I it up. Most, yeah, most, most fans of the show probably have a vague recollection of those two events and, and the uh, events that took place. I, I'm really torn. He makes a very compelling case. 
for the US Festival, especially with the helicopter transportation, the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> craft services alone <laughs> had me really <laughs> Well you get craft services at both though. Yeah, but craft services at at the US at Festival Philadelphia is better than probably better than the one at London. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, you, you don't like pies? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I like pies, I guess. I don't know. Which, mm, pie. you, which, which way are you leaning, Brad? I have to say, I I feel like this might be the wrong choice, but I'm leaning package A. That, I, my first inclination was package A. And then I just, I remember our buddy Drew, who was at, which one? The 83 one, Festival, I think. yeah. And he said that, and I remember the weather was awful, right? Well, but all the reports I've heard is that people who are there are still coughing up dust. Okay, like so. In that sense, and and I'm looking at the at the at the lineup right now, like you know, uh, English Beat, Oingo Boingo, Talking Heads, Police, the Cars, Pat Benatar, Tom Petty. I mean. Uh, Wall of Voodoo with Stan Ridgeway. Oh, I don't don't know. That alone. Mick Jones' last appearance with The Clash. This just this is a hard. This is this is a tough call. I'm gonna I'm gonna. So you're gonna take a. I'm gonna actually take B because I've pined on forever about my thoughts about Live Aid and how it's the Woodstock of our generation. Yeah, and it would have been worth it to see the Queen. Reunion set, right? Uh, um, so I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with with um, and I'm gonna say this I don't even know I don't even need to go to the Philadelphia version I I just give me the London version of it I'm happy with that That's so. kind of what put me over the top for uh, for package A You know at first I'm like oh you know you I you get to see that U2 set at Wembley and I'm like mm, but I could see them in you know years earlier at the US Festival that would be interesting too and the cars are at the us festival sure no it's so it's great it's a great you can't go wrong oh oh i know (laughs) i got a loophole i got a loophole so tor it's you know tor said we're using the tardis so surely i could bring a plus one so i take a you take b okay yeah we cover both uh-huh. That sounds good. Don't yes. tell don't tell the fiance that I just aced her out of a seat to go see Live Aid, but <laughs> that's okay. We'll bring her a t-shirt. It'll it'll all work out in the end. If you've got a question for us, uh just email it to podcast at sits.com, put PPTMN in the subject line. We'll be right back after this commercial break. On July 13th, a billion people all over the planet will tune in to a music event that will never be repeated. The Live Aid Concert. Elton John. 17 hours of performers donating their time and energy to help raise funds for African famine relief. Allison Moya. From Wembley Stadium in London. The Pretenders. From JFK Stadium in Philadelphia. Queen. MTV will be at both shows and we'll bring you all the music live as it happens. This is what they mean by once in a lifetime. The Live Aid Concert, July 13th on MTV. Hey, we're back. We now have the lineup for the 2021 Voyage of the 80s cruise. Brad is going to take a deep breath and run through them as fast as he can. Here we go. Are you ready? This this year's, next year's, next year's lineup includes the human, the human, what the actual f- was that? <laughs> Are you ready? Let's take, take once more with feeling. Are you ready? Next year's lineup includes the Human League, 38 Special, Belinda Carlisle, Berlin, Morris Day and the Time, ABC, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, Modern English, Jack Russell's Great White, Dire Straits Legacy, A Flock of Seagulls, The Alarm, Sugar Hill Gang, John Parr, and Johnny Hates Jazz. Still got breath. Tribute bands, Jesse's Girl, and Trial by Fire also return along with the addition of Strange Love, a Depeche Mode tribute act. MTV Original VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter return, as do the two trivia goofs, Steve Spears and Brad Williams. <laughs> Open booking for the 2021 cruise began on March 18th. If you've never been on an 80s cruise, we have a special promo code for you. This works for first-time cruisers only. First time only. Get a $200 cabin credit if you use the promo code STUCK when booking. You must use the promo code at the time of booking, and you must be a first-time guest on the cruise to be eligible for this promo code. That's yep. all the legal talk I, mean, I have for you. Take it away, Spearsy. The- well, I mean, the whole point of uh, if if you've been on the '80s cruise before, you get 
previous guest pricing, which is better right. than the two hundred dollars credit. So take advantage not, of that exactly. Yeah, you can still tell them that you heard about it on Stuck in the Eighties, and they'll be like, "Ah, those guys." I, <laughs> hey, that's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Jesse's girl, recorded live on the Eighties Cruise. Please check out their website at jessiesgirlnyc.com to find out when and where they're performing. They are really one of the things that make our obsession with the 80s feel so great and complete. Here's another live clip of Jessie's Girl performing. We hope it leaves you along with us, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.